Hey guys, it's the mama here. Before we get started, I just wanted to put this quick disclaimer out there. We make light of a lot of horrible things and trust me, they are horrible. We are not, however, making fun of the topics we discuss. Us laughing or cracking jokes is simply our way of coping with the atrocities we talk about. We have nothing but love and support for the victims and their families and we never stoop that low. We've experienced tragedy ourselves. This is why we do what we do. That being said, stay spoopy, our friends. Horror cultural, where we grow love for all things spooky and macabre. Hey, horror. Beep. <laughs> that was what my brain sounded like for the past like thirty seconds. Oh my shit in hell. <laughs> Hey, Horrorheads. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> How are you guys all doing? Hopefully better than I am. <laughs> Beep. All righty. Hey, sometimes it's good to go back to basics. Well, that was pretty fucking basic. Hey. I mean, beep. Please leave your message at the tone. <laughs> That's what Mark's brain sounds like right now. Yeah. Please leave your message after the Beep. <laughs> And then it's just some nice elevator music while we wait. Oh, God, no. No, no. There is no nice elevator music. I don't know. Some drugs may uh, may disagree with you. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Um, so we decided to do something a little bit different for this episode. And it was and, my idea. And it was Mark's idea. Mm. And since there are eight episodes in this Netflix series, we will have four episodes pertaining to that series. Go ahead, Mark. What's the series? So, we are going to talk about the Netflix documentary called Dark Tourist, which stars David Ferrier, who is a New Zealander, uh, a New Zealand journalist, who actually goes across the world and, yeah, sorry, mom's deep size because the lights are flickering because I think our brother is fucking with us again well your brother my son yeah he and he's been doing it all day not oh yeah he yeah he's been he was messing with my lights for every fucking light in the house i go pee the lights flicker i just did the dishes the lights flicker i'm sitting in here the lights fucking flicker in my room all day the lights are flickering and you heard me earlier i yell and i'm like stop messing with the lights yes i mean i get it but uh i'm i'm in you know research mode son so if you're trying to tell me something i can't but Anywho. yeah, but yeah, David Ferrier is a new a New Zealand journalist who goes who went across the uh, the world actually to different uh, locations in different continents, obviously, uh, checking out what are what are known as dark tourism spots, and these are like each one is almost like wildly different from the other. It is some of the stuff that he that they was showed on the documentary. I was just like, they got away with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember if I had watched it or not, and I was like, I should have, because, I mean... This is up your something alley. Something called Dark Tourist is completely up my alley. And then when I watched... I, I just chose a random episode. I just chose episode one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as I started watching it, I'm like, yeah, I fucking watched it. I've seen this. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> knew it. So, what episode... Did you, you say you watched all of them, or you just only watched that first one? I think I watched them all, No, I meant I, today. Oh, no, no, I just watched the first one. All right, so we'll talk about... I figured, about, fuck it, I'm going to start at one. All right, so we'll talk about the first one, then. 
Okay, so I go on first. Yes, I did. Like I said to you before we... Ooh, my glasses are filthy. <laughs> so before I had reminded her that this idea that I had come up with, I told her I uh, had written out like mini blurbs for each episode. That way, if she wanted to talk about something specific from any episode, I would have something to fall back onto. So... For number for episode one, which was Latin America, yes, you can start this, and I will chime in with whatever I deem necessary. <laughs> okay, so when my episode started, I had remembered that I had watched this before. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, anything with dark, <laughs> and it clearly had to be meant for me, right? I mean, <laughs> so this episode um, didn't start out as a typical horror cultural show would, but when you consider all the shit that he did and happened around him, it mm-hmm. is in fact. Horror. And I will get to the him in a second. Yeah. So the host of the show, like you said, is named David Farrier, and I had never heard of him before. He's like a New Zealand uh, Louis Thoreau. Yeah, but he apparently shares our love for all things spoopy and macabre. Yes. Because he does even say that in the beginning. I so swear that- I didn't steal that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know about this show until after we created this. Now, see, I remember watching it probably before. Because this came out in 2017, I think, right? 2018, I think. Okay. I didn't know about it until, like, a week or two ago. <laughs> so, like Mark said, the title of my episode is Latin America, and this should be good. <laughs> he starts off his journey in Colombia, Medellin, to be exact, and I think I might have said it wrong, but I tried. Um, and he starts off by talking about the one and only cocaine king, Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. Which, you know, we shouldn't have to explain. Uh, I'm pretty sure that every age group knows who the Pablo Escobar is. Yeah, like, to some degree, even if it's through, like, Narcos or something. So, I told you the horror was coming. The beginning of his journey uh, has him in a sketchy-ass cab with a Pablo lookalike playing mm-hmm. along with some sort of fucked-up script. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did, like, the, like the, uh, the mock tourist, the mock tourism. The narco-fantasy with... tour. Yeah, that's what it was. And I mean... You know, make that money, fam. Fuck yeah. Um, I'll get to some... I'll, later on, when we talk about a different episode, I will refer back to that specific viewpoint. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to do my best to describe the, like, the landscaping of the town. And I know I won't do it justice, but one thing I have to mention is in the beginning, when he's in the cab and the host is talking, there's a bus in front of the cab mm-hmm. with a dude on a skateboard... <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's he's sketching. <laughs> he's holding on to the back of the bus. Yeah, so... It reminds in, me of something you'd, like, see in, like, uh, like the old movie, what was that? Gleaming the Cube? Oh, God. I yeah. know I had you watch that. If you... I, I'm sure I have. I just don't remember anything about it. It's a fucking it. classic. I'll like, have to rewatch it. Gleaming the Cube. It was about skateboarding and shit. Mm-hmm. And I swear that's what it reminded me of. And I, I had to laugh because I thought it was funny. In the skateboarding world, that is called sketching. Or sketching. Sketching with an eye. Did not know that. It's also, the only reason I know that is because of Tony Hawk's pro skater. (laughs) Yeah, well, you always have loved Tony Hawk. So the cab driver then drops him off at a neighborhood named after Pablo. And this place kind of reminds me of that Fast and Furious movie, I think three or four. The one in Brazil where the homes are like all stacked. Yeah, where they're like, it almost looks like layered houses. Yeah, yeah. 
they literally look like they're layered on top of each other with like a maze of staircases linking them all kind of like harry potter with the moving staircases yeah. um for those of you that would know this frame of reference think of something like um what would it be dying light one it's a zombie game where it's like i have no fucking idea what that is dying light is a zombie game that came out on the ps3 or 4 and the the area you're in is like a fictional Middle Eastern town or something like that. But the layout is pretty much the same where it's like the houses are built in a hill and like a house could be slightly on top of another house. And they're just like really well, packed in together. Well, staircases is what gets me because my fucking ass would get lost. Yeah. You step off one staircase and step on a one. The, I'm lost. It's like. I'm fucking lost. It's, it's literally a labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say like. The, the murals and it's beautiful it is incredible like the murals and the shrines of pablo all over the town like yeah. he's seen as a hero there oh yeah that's what i was gonna say it is it is incredible how wildly different the views are on the man well, especially in that town, and they do get in depth with it when he's when the host is talking yeah to like um people. They're they like, all, he's a they, hero. They, he's a celebrity. They worshipped him. Because like, the one kid said, you know, he built all of this. Yeah. You know, we lived in, in how did he put it? We lived in... Uh, they basically lived in squalor. Well, I wouldn't say these are million dollar homes. They're, but, but at least they're homes. But I, he called it, what did he say? We lived in the dump. Yeah. So when you think of a dump, you think... A shack with like tarp on it, and I'm not and like metal siding. Yeah, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anyone's way of life at all. These are just that's just the thought that comes in my head. These from are what are movies and yeah, stuff. these are the stereotypical views. And we shouldn't stereotype that shit. But the kids said, "Why wouldn't I idolize him? He built all this, and mm -hmm. he took us from that squalor and put us in a house. Yeah. So he is seen as still to this day, even after his." his death mm -hmm. as a hero and a celebrity to these people. And didn't he also, and didn't uh, Farrier also talk to a cop who was just like, by the way... I get into that. Oh, okay. I'll let you continue that. Alright, so, to each their own and I'll keep my own personal thoughts on the topic of drug dealers to myself because yeah. I don't want to end up not here anymore. Yeah. But that being said, the artwork um, of the murals are nothing short of magnificent. Yeah. We all know who Pablo is. At least we all should, even the youngins. Mm -hmm. um, this tale of horror isn't solely about him. It's about Latin America. Mm -hmm. They show cockfighting in this episode, which I absolutely do not condone. Mm -hmm. But in a lot of Latin cultures, it's normal. Yeah. Um, they even discuss how corrupt the cops were yep. when Pablo was alive. He was paying them off, and most of them took the bribes in order just to survive and not yeah. be off. That's what the one cop was telling yes, uh, David Ferrier. Because even Ferrier was like, did, did you take the bribe? And the cop basically was like, fuck yeah, I did. If I didn't, I would have been killed. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the part I'm referencing when I say some of them are still making money off of Pablo yeah. even after his death because he specifically said, I do Pablo Escobar tours. Yeah. And that's how I, he said, I'm still making money off of him even after his death. Yeah. So, good on him, you yeah. know? It's a shame that you had to take the bribes because you were afraid of being removed from the earth. Yeah. Um, But hey, do you, boo, because it's working for you and you're not doing anything illegal now. Mm-hmm. So, there's so much more to talk about 
you know, Pablo. But again, Pablo and Escobar alone could be like a four part thing for us. And on that its own. is an actual horror cultural show. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll get put on the list of the other 20 things that we got to do. <laughs> but this episode isn't completely about him. He's just the beginning of the journey. I mean, yes, he's the most famous man in Colombia, even to this day. Yeah. But it ain't all about him. So, the next part of this takes us to... I didn't get into his hitman and any of that stuff, because I could have kept going, and this would have been 12 fucking pages. I was going to say... Like I said, it's just the beginning. Yeah. I was going to say, you didn't didn't bring up Popeye No, I didn't bring up Popeye. All right, so I did bring up a little bit. I did bring him up a little bit. You can talk about it. Yeah, since it's a transitionary thing. It's a very small thing. So, um, there's at least one person left alive... Uh, that was associated with Pablo Escobar, and it was his right-hand man nicknamed Popeye. And I just think, I, I looked at his arms. Ah, gah, 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 gah. Yeah, I looked at his arms, and I'm like, he don't got one big arm, and he don't wear a patch, so what the <laughs> But the thing was, Take your pills, Rhonda. I wasn't even aware that anyone associated with Pablo Escobar was still even fucking alive. Oh, yeah. Like, I was, I always thought that, like, he was executed, and then... They rounded up all of his like all of his men and executed them well, on the I spot think or something. When he was executed, I think Popeye was still in jail. Yeah, yeah, la cathedral. Yes, and that which, man is which is translated to I believe the cathedral. The cathedral. Which, if you guys don't know, the cathedral is a personal prison that was created because of an agreement. That Escobar had with the Colombian government. Yeah, if you're going to lock me up, you're going to lock me up where I want to be locked up. And since he had the if, whole government in his pocket... and that if you're locking also, me up, we're doing it my way. Well, and not only that, the, the Colombian government did that because, A, they were getting paid. Mm-hmm. B, they did it so they didn't have to extradite him back here. Yeah. To face all the charges here. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it was... That Popeye... And there were a lot. Oh, yeah. Popeye was a character in that episode. Yeah, he was. He pulled out that gun. I was like, oh, la pistola. And, and he's just like holding it like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, this This was my... He's a YouTube star. Yeah, he makes... He does dramatizations of shit that happened in his life with Pablo Escobar. <laughs> and makes money. And it's so weird because the they've shown hey, clips of it. It's essentially reenactments. Yeah. And the way they film it, it's like an action movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking insane. It yeah. really is. But hey, you know, whatever. Do you. Yeah. And he said, you know, people don't hate him anymore because he's repented and he's done his time and all that shit. Good on you, my guy. Mm-hmm. Good on you. But I'm sorry. Uh, murder is murder is murder. Yeah. And he said to have killed over 100 people. Yeah, you're, there's too many skeletons in that closet to, uh, well, th- to empty out. That closet can't even stay shut anymore. <laughs> All right, so anyway. Next up is... The next part of this takes us to Mexico City. Now, I guess I differ from others when I hear Mexico City, because I don't think of drugs. I think of the witch shit. Yeah, yeah. He arrives on the Day of the Dead. Now, in Mexico, they celebrate this from November 1st to November 2nd. Whereas here in the States, because we're fucking idiots... Yep. We uh we don't and we don't know no damn better. We usually celebrate it on Halloween. It is not mm-hmm. Halloween. Um, on this day, millions of Mexicans head to the cemeteries to visit their loved ones who have passed on. People dress up in painted faces with skulls, sugar skulls. Yeah. 
Probably um, my favorite, one of my favorite aesthetics. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes elaborate dress, it's a celebration of life and death. Yeah, and that's what I always found fascinating about literally every other culture in the world. Whereas, like, if someone dies in America, their family has, like, the open casket viewing, a whole, Which I'm like, sorry, I think it's morbid. It is. Especially from... Okay, so, at this point, it's been, what, two months since the... Since my grandmother's uh, funeral, I want to say. Yeah, about that. So, my grandmother passed away recently, and we did, like, the whole open casket thing. We did the whole funeral thing. And it, I, it, it just felt off. Just It just didn't feel right. And it's because the way Americans view death is so sad and depressing that, like, we it's Don't like upset. I'm not. I, I, it's just like I literally cannot formulate my thought on it. it. It's almost like a let's see them one last time before we bury them. Whereas it's like we're putting them on display for everyone to gawk at, and yeah. I don't like it. And honestly, Grandma looked way better post mortem than she did the last time I had seen her oh, before that's good. that. And um, and in other cultures, they throw. Freaking parties! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like here, sit and stare at your loved one who is sit, deceased. Sit and look an, at this in corpse a way and just remember. In a way overpriced casket. Yeah. Where you have to sit there and stare at them for, well, depending on their religion, your grandmother was a very strict Roman Catholic, yep. so we had to sit there and stare at her for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. And I just think that Somber. the wake should be. The entire thing. Like the older cultures do. Yeah. That was that was the word I was trying to think of. It's it's somber. We take it into such a emotionally dark place that I don't understand how that tradition has persisted for so long. Like, when I die in, like, what, fucking 50, 70 years from now, hopefully, hopefully I make it to 80, um, <laughs> I would, A, want to be cremated, B, have some of my ashes put, pressed into a record of my favorite songs, and have that played during my, like, the funeral service. Make a will. I want to be cremated as well. And, um, you being my next of kin, because Warren and I are not married, everything would go to you. In fact, I'm telling you to make a will, and I've got to fix mine. Anyway, uh, we got way to fuck off track. Death. So. It's inevitable. Yep. <laughs> Our narrator hears of another type of worship by a quote unquote air testicles cult named yeah. Santa Muerta, the saint of death. Mm-hmm. This religion has risen vastly in popularity with backyard shrines and in-house shrines, worshiping a skeleton in a hooded cape and baller. is outlawed by the mainstream churches. Not baller. Love Gotta love that religious acceptance. There's no love like Catholic and Christian hate. Oh, of course. For fuck's sake. God is all loving, except if... Never mind. I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah. (laughs) Mainstream religions. We know what those are. Insert eye roll here. Um, So before he learns more about the Santa Muerta, he heads to see a priest who is apparently ass deep in an exorcism. Oh yeah, that was weird. The woman is laying on the floor gasping for air, crying out all at the same time, while there's another woman over her chanting, 
because that's not witchcraft, remember? Mm -hmm. With her hands on her as if God, her God above was reaching down. And you could you could see the visible discomfort on David's face. He's looking at it like, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, like the woman was the exorcist and the priest was kind of like overseeing. Yeah, like um, she was like an exorcist in training, basically. Yeah, like she's pressing down on the chest and neck of the of the woman on the floor. And I no will choke it the looks demon like, out of you. Yeah, and no wonder it looks like the poor chick on the floor is in pain. The woman was like... It's like the worst version of CPR. It makes you wonder if the woman, given the... Air testicles healing was a witch and they just didn't want to say it. Exactly. I digress. Anywho, remember boys and girls, we don't care what religion you are, you do you, boo. Just don't be a douche about it. Right. Don't be judgmental assholes when somebody else believes in something different. We are all human beings. We all will bleed red when you cut us. With the freedoms we believe, with the freedoms to believe in and worship or not worship, yep. who we want and rant. My bad. And um, what I thought was really interesting about the Santa Muerte stuff was that when he goes to learn about it, it's like some street festival, and like I get into that. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, I'll mm -hmm. let you. I'll let you go into it there. So the priest goes on to tell David that anyone who deals drugs, this part got me. Mm -hmm. If they, if they're drug dealers, or if they're in the mafia, or if they do. This, this, and this. Basically anything bad. Mm -hmm. They must worship Santa Muerta. <laughs> and they're satanic and they're possessed by a demon. <laughs> and now we move on. That's essentially... Uh, a demon, I tell you. Hot demon demons, anyway. <laughs> so now it's the day after the Day of the Dead when he arrives at the town Topita. Yeah. Where Santa Muerta is widely practiced. Yes. He sees the people crawling on their knees in the streets in yep. repentance of their sins and wrongdoings to Santa Muerta, the lady of the dead. Now, when I described it at first... Mm-hmm. Skeleton in a hood. You're gonna think it's a guy. Yeah, because that's like... I don't know why it is, but that's like the default thought process is that everything starts and off masculine. And she kind of looks like... I go right back to Harry Potter with the, uh. the Death Eaters. She kind of looks like that. But she also looks like um, the Catholic version of... You got this. No, I don't, because I'm not Catholic. The the. Are you trying to say the Grim Reaper? That. <laughs> that. So... Honestly, that was the first thought I had. I'm like, oh, that's the Grim Reaper. Yeah, you know. So anyway, he sees the people crawling in, crawling on their knees. Clearly, they're in pain because they've probably been crawling for a while. And you got depending all the, on how much they think they've done wrong. Probably like broken glass and dirt and gravel and all that shit well, yeah, digging I in mean, their legs. But it it takes me back to this point. Yes, people. She is a saint. Yes. She is a deity. She is a she. Yes. Just saying that. Just putting that out there. Hence the Santa. Yes. Because that's the feminine version, if I remember correctly. So a common thing for the worshipers is to thank her for being alive, mm -hmm. um, as they believe she has saved them and helped them, pretty much like any other religion, mm -hmm. right? Offerings are made to her, again, like other religions. Weren't the offerings really, like, out there, too? Yeah, she is said to like the hard liquor. Yes. Bless her, because I can't do that shit. Speaking of, I might go get some in a minute. Um, Continue. And she's also apparently likes to partake in the earthly green. Yes, that's what it was. It was hard liquor and weed. <laughs> she likes the devil's lettuce. 
Well, that's why they guess. I guess they call her that. You know, she's pos- she's possessed by a demon. <laughs> she likes the earthly lettuce. <laughs> so anyway, David meets the woman who essentially kicked off the re- this religion, yes. Donna Kidder. She brought her statue out into the streets years ago, and thus began the journey. I mean, it's like coming out of the broom closet. It's empowering, yeah. freeing, and now you feel as if you have nothing to hide and you're able to be your true self. Mm-hmm. It's like um, the LGBT, LGBTQ... No, LGBTQIA+. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a lot. And I feel like they're just going to keep adding on to it. We have to come up with a... A, like, a... Like a like a group yeah, word. Because it's a lot. It's a I don't want to have to remember the alphabet. <laughs> I'm in the community, and I don't want to be in the alphabet anymore. Yeah, it's like. Um, but anyway, it's like people coming out of the closet. Yes. it's kind of the same thing. When I first came out of the broom closet, mm-hmm. it was actually very freeing, and I, you know, I don't hide it, and I don't. I don't fucking care what anybody thinks of me, exactly. to be completely honest. It's my life. Uh, I'm it's looking now at, or never. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at my altar right now, which is out in full display. And yeah. Anyone who walks in our house can see it, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So anyway, be your true selves, motherfuckers. Yee. So, I know you guys are probably like, what the actual fuck, Rhonda? There's no horror in this episode. But if you think about it, there's a lot of it. It's more realistic horror. People are afraid of things they don't understand or don't want to understand. Besides, it's a nice nice break from fuckers wanting to unalive each other or kidnapping or trafficking. And sometimes this horror whore needs just a little bit of a break. Yeah. And this is a really good series. It is. It's fun. So, back to Donna. I was going to say... I'm almost done! Ah! (laughs) Back to Donna. I wasn't expecting her. Mm Mm-hmm. She's a very cute older lady who looks nothing like a Satanist worshiper. She just looks like someone's grandma. Yeah, because <laughs> she's not a Satanist, for exactly. fuck's sake. She just looks like if you walked in, she would be like, Oh, Nino. That's your, yeah, that's your abuelita, and she wants to make you... Oh, Nino, I have some elote. <laughs> yeah, she wants to make you carnitas and whatnot, you know? But anyway, she's very cute, and the woman has cancer, and she says, ever since she started worshipping... Yeah, she's come to terms with it. I was just like, good for you. Yeah, ever since she's come to terms with Santa Muerta, she's like, I love my cancer, and I don't fear death. Yeah. So fucking great. So anyway, David brings in the uh, this effigy, which looks just like Santa yeah. Muerta. Or the Grim Reaper, if that's what you want to... If you, if you have, for some reason, have a hard time saying Santa Muerta or Santa Muerte, it's, Grim Reaper is fine, too. So, she blesses it. And I think she blesses it with what we call, we as in the witches, what we call Florida water. Mm. It's basically a... I'll, just, I'll explain it later. Is it like just a weird concoction of herbs in water? Um... And citrus okay. and... Oh, citrus would make it's, sense. It's basically a cleansing and protecting kind okay. of thing. Basically, so, she kind of made it like an official thing by blessing it. Yes. Okay. Um, And it was beautiful. It was... Remember the red glass? Yeah. The blown glass? It was gorgeous. So anyway, she blesses that for him. And let me give real fast the true definition of Santa Muerta. Santa Muerta is the personification of death. Unlike other saints who originated in Mexican folk Catholicism, 
Santa Muerta is not herself seen as a dead human being. She is associated with healing, protection, financial well-being, and assurance of path to the afterlife. Well, would you look at that? She don't seem so bad after all, does she? Yeah, it's almost like I people mean, jump to conclusions. <laughs> uh, so it's not really about worshiping death. It's about not fearing it. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but growing up, when I did believe in air testicles, God, death terrified me. I would go to bed at night as a, as a kid thinking, oh my God, when I die, what happens? There's just nothing. Yeah. I don't think that way anymore. Yeah. Um, since I started my new spiritual path where air testicles God is not in my journey, mm -hmm. I'm not afraid anymore. I know I'll be back and I'll live again and again, just like I know I've lived many lives before. Yeah. Because I do believe in reincarnation. Fuck, some days I really feel old. Like, <laughs> I think all my past lives have caught the fuck up with me. <laughs> but anyway, on to our next stop. We head to the U.S. Oh, wait. no, oh, Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go any further, I did have something about the Santa Muerte stuff. Um, when I was watching it and seeing all the people in the streets and whatnot, like, crawling on their hands and knees. I think some of them were, like, self-harming to help repent. Yeah. And I just sat there. I'm like, if, seeing stuff like this really drives home, like, the religious fanaticism because some people get into with stuff like this. It reminds me, and it might be Dark Tourist. I can't remember. <clears throat> but I saw a show where, was it Rome? They come out with hoods on and they're flogging themselves to repent for their sins. It was not dark tourists. They did not go to Rome, as far as I remember. No, they didn't. That just sounds... That just reminds me of the... Uh, what was it? The Da Vinci Code? <laughs> With the albino guy? But it's something like... But it's yeah, real. Yeah, self-flagellation. They do, do yeah. that. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to see what that was. But, but yeah, anyway, it, it was... It, the, the, it's... It, we got way off track. Well, I was going to say, just really... Like I said, it just really drives in. We always in. get way off track. But that's the fun of this. <laughs> but, um... It, always, it just really drove home how, like I said, how deep the religious fanaticism can get to where people... No matter what religion you are. Yeah, like any religion, you'll find that one person It's like, hurting yourself is the closest way to God. And it's just like, nah, hurting yourself is the closest way to a mental hospital. <laughs> <coughs> and then you meet, uh, what was her name, Rita? The girl. Donna Keaton. Donna. Okay, yeah. Donna. Everyone else is just like, oh, it's Santa Muerte. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, Santa Muerte's cool. Yeah, she's <laughs> the cutest little grandma. Santa Muerte's chill IRL, you know. <laughs> All right, so our next stop, we head to the U.S. in a mock border crossing experience. Yeah, that was... We're uh... going to the wall, ladies and gents. <laughs> yep, I mean that wall. We all know, the, we all know that people called... Coyotes or coyotes, coyote. smuggle people across the border from the Latin countries to ours, and horrific things happen to them, including unaliving. Yep. These coyotes will also threaten to kill your family if you don't pay. So, like, if you get across and, and you, you still owe them money, they'll just pop you right there. <laughs> they'll go after your family or threaten. Yeah. And I think they actually do go after your family in certain situations. Yeah. But anyway. They will uh, They will put you on the evening news, as some people would say. Yeah, I gotta be honest. Fuck that shit. Yeah. These people are ruthless. They starve you, beat you, leave you with nothing. And remember, they're being paid by you. To do this. To get to the States. And they do this shit to you. So, and because you want to get to a better country with more opportunities, you got you deal with it. 
I mean, it's it, it's not just the coyotes you have to worry about who rob you while you're out there. Um, the coyotes don't care. They'll they'll leave you there to die. Yeah, they'll if it saves you. their ass, they'll get out of Dodge. Yeah. You've got the narcos out there, too, mm -hmm. that are smuggling back and forth. And then so you have Border Patrol if, and if, tons if of the, other things. If the narcos and the coyotes cross, you've got the fact that they'll beat you, rob you, sexually assault you, and they'll unalive you. Mm -hmm. And chances are they'll do all of the above in succession. Yeah. So, any whorebag... That was the Latin America episode, peeps, and I'm not doing this show any justice. I mean, the reviews are your thing, monster. Yeah. Uh, but fuck it, I gave it a shot. So but yeah, it was. And um, the one thing I'll bring up about the uh, the mock border crossing was that it it almost felt comedic at points because like the actors in it felt like they were getting a little too into it. They were having some fun. They were they were taking the fucking lady got so scared she gave up her ten thousand yeah. dollar engagement. Yeah. Yeah, she was just like, I, I gave him my ring. And then the, the guy that's leading the mock border crossing was like, basically was like, the fuck would you do that for? Right? Like, they only paid $50 to do this. And you gave up ten grand. Oh, my God. It was a shit show. Yeah, it was it was a trip. But, but yeah. That's my, my part. And we are going to take a quick break for your commercial. Um, and then Mark will be up. So... Woo! Three, two, two one. Beep. Hey, Horrorhead. Wow, you inter interrupted me that time. Good job. <laughs> I'll just say welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that commercial break. <laughs> um, so I had to get it in because you always fucked me up in the beginning. <laughs> um, so for those of you that have watched Dark Taurus like we have, you think you know what I am going to talk about, but you are wrong. Because I'm going to talk about the Europe episode. That's right. I'm not doing Japan this time. I'm fucking shocked. Mom can do that one. I really am fucking shocked. Anyway, so in the Europe episode, he, he as in David Ferrier, uh, he participates in a World War II reenactment that... A, uses actual weaponry from that time period. They basically just gutted any of like the dangerous stuff out of it, and they used blanks. Okay. Which is cool. And the cost costumes, I say, the outfits are authentic. Like, they are actual, like, World War II garments, including people wearing Nazi uniforms. Oh. Yeah, it was weird. Fun. And if I remember, <laughs> if I remember correctly... You are not allowed to say Nazis. You are just supposed to call them the Germans. Makes sense. And a pe and uh, he talked to a few of the people that were dressed up as the Germans and was like, this this has to get uncomfortable sometimes, right? And he's like, oh, no, people come up and, you know, get pictures with us. A lot of women, shockingly. And he's just like, huh. And nothing about, like, the, 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 the Nazi garb or anything. He's like, oh, we don't, we don't. We don't say Nazi. We we call it. We call ourselves the Germans. And there are some people who kind of look at us, you know, like, why are you wearing that? But you know, it's it's history. It's history, and we're not, a, we're not. Um, oh, what's the word? Um, glorifying it. We it's are. It's just history. It's part of the history. Yeah, they're preserving it. Basically, the shitty history. But that's what hey, it is. You got to remember the shitty history so you don't repeat it again. So, um. So I thought that was cool because, like, they actually have him, like, 
crawling through the mud, like, doing basic training stuff. Like, CrossFit shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, they had him, like, crawling through mud, like, on his, <laughs> on, like, belly sliding with arms and all that. And he's yeah, just, I ain't doing all that. He's just like, I feel like I need a shower. I'm like, yeah, I bet you do! <laughs> and they were, like, between the reenact, like, the segments of the reenactment, they were just, like, eating pizza, the... The Germans Ooh, were making okay. the food. <laughs> okay. And he's just like, I am dressed as an American soldier in England, in a hole, eating food prepared by people dressed up as not Germans. <laughs> not Germans. <laughs> <laughs> and it was hilarious. I and don't think I remember this episode. I might once I start watching it again. It's uh, episode five. Okay. So you're. it's literally like right in the middle. And um, after that... They go, he goes to a museum that's on, like, the border of England, and I want to say Wales. I want to say that's it. I forget exactly where, but it's, it's the kind of museum (laughs) you would, it's the kind of museum you would expect us to talk about, because it's got a lot of fucked up historical stuff in it, and some of the stuff that may not have actually happened, but is up to artist interpretation, which, boy, howdy, did he interpret it all right? (laughs) Like, the guy's got, like, models of uh, black folk being lynched. He's got... See? He's got... Well, it's for historical purposes. Yeah, but but still. It's uncomfortable, and that's the point. Yeah. And, you know, he's got, like... Uh, Fucking white people. <laughs> we suck. Um, and then there's, like, other models the guy did where it's, you know, Jews being carted off to Auschwitz and all that. And fucking white people. And then this is the the grossest part to me. Human skin lampshade. Supposedly. Are we talking about Ed Gein again? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. I was just like, because like when they were talking about it, I'm like, what in the Ed Gein is this bullshit? And I they're think like, we're talking about the titty belt. And <sighs> well, didn't he also make a lampshade? He made a lot of things out of humans. It was it was horrendous. Oh god, we're already getting off topic. Keep but going. anyway, no, it's still somewhat on topic. But apparently, the human skin lampshade is from Nazi Germany. <laughs> I'm mortified. Yeah, and I can only imagine it is of a Jewish person. Oh, I don't remember if they specifically said. I'm gonna assume probably. Yeah, or just a really fucked up German guy. That's beside the point. And um. Because of that trip to the museum, he actually met up with this woman. I think her name was, like, Laura or something like that, (coughs) who is engaged to someone known as England's most violent prisoner, a.k.a. Charles Bronson, who, if you look at a picture of this man, go ahead, go ahead, look up Charles Bronson and tell me this man does not look like the love child of Teddy Roosevelt and Dr. Eggman. (laughs) So, the woman is engaged to this man, and they actually have him. Of course, the actor comes up. Oh. Oh, wait. Charles Bronson, prisoner. Yes, that one. Oh, my. I told (laughs) you. That's quite an impressive stash he's got. Exactly. And, um, so they're talking to her about, like, you know, like, why would you do this? Like, not like as in like, a, why would you do this? But like, you know, why? What like, drew you to him? Why? Yeah. And, you know, it's the, the stereotypical, oh, you know, he he's actually a real sweet man. Sure. And then they get him on the phone. 
And my God, this guy sounds like a right cartoon. <laughs> like he has like the the British accent. Like, oh, David, me old China. Sorry. Like the guy sounds like Murdoch Nichols from Gorillas. Jesus Christ. Oh, David, me old China. How you doing, mate? You know, oh, me Laura, she's such an angel, isn't she? And he's like, you know, I was a little worried about talking to you because, you know, you're, because of your reputation. He's like, ah, don't worry, David, me and Laura, we only ate pygmies. And I'm just like, there's no way this man is real. <laughs> I saw a picture. He's fucking real. But, but I think she died. Nah, this, there's no way she's dead. But, um... Laura? It was Laura something. Charles. Or Paula. Might have been Paula. She died in 2019. So not long after that aired. Yep. Wow. Yep. I didn't know there was a Charles Bronson actor. Weird. God, yeah. <laughs> Every I know that from Granny and Granddad. Yeah, but I don't. Oh, that. by the way, they also made he a movie... He was married three times. Yeah, I think this was his third wife. Yep. By the way, they made a movie about this guy. And it's called? Bronson. Okay. You know who plays Bronson in Bronson? Tom Hardy. Oh, now see, I'll watch that. Because <laughs> I like Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy plays Charles Bronson. In oh, the film of Bronson's life. Yeah. He plays Charles Bronson in the movie Bronson. <laughs> All right, keep going. So anyway, that was just wild to me. Because, like I said... The man sounds like a cartoon, like a stereotypical British, oh, how you doing? Ah, yes, y'all, so-and-so. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get some bangers and mash. Yeah. And like, he's, he's asking Charles some questions like, you know, like she said, Paula said, you know, you were, uh, you, you are honestly a very charismatic sounding man, despite what your reputation is. And, you know, that, you know, I wanted to ask, you know, what was your first impression of uh, Paula? And he's like, all right, I'll tell you. She lit up the room. She's an angel in my life. And when I saw her, I said to myself, I'm going to marry her. And I'm like, dude, I, I, this is a sweet story. But my God, your voice just makes it hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> and... It's, 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 it was, it was, it was interesting because it's not often you get to see that kind of stuff. In we a might have to see if we can find that after we're done recording. Oh, tonight. I'm sure you can find that movie easily. Jeff. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after, oh, excuse me. Really deep burp. After that, um, he goes across Europe to Cyprus. Okay. And there's a place in Cyprus called Famagusta. Now, Famagusta, if I remember correctly from the episode, they said it's like, there's like a border between what you can go to in Cyprus and what you are legally not allowed to visit in Cyprus. And Famagusta is part of the area you are not allowed to go to in Cyprus. But why? It's like a military zone. Oh. Because uh, if I remember correctly, they said that the northern half of Cyprus was attacked by the Turks. Okay. And it's still, for whatever reason, 
off limits to literally everyone. And he is it like Chernobyl and you can't go there because of the radiation? No, it's not a radiation thing. It's a I, they will shoot you on sight and you won't know why kind of so thing. So something's there they don't want anyone to see. Something's there. Someone's there. Something happened there. So you they don't want you to see it. Basically. That's like an Area Fifty One kind of bullshit. Well, this is where it gets interesting. Um, David actually had talked to someone who had lived in Famagusta before. They were kicked out, and it was considered an off-limits zone. They kicked these poor people out of their fucking yes. houses? Like, like eminent, eminent domain shit? Yes. God so, damn. Uh, let me see real quick. There was like a specific... How do you do that? You're the government. You can do anything at this point, fucking I swear. White, so, all yeah. white men. Well, tur- uh, no, they're darker skinned, I would assume. Turks and whatever. I'm Cyprus. referring to our government. Oh, well, yeah. I was going to say Turks and... What are... You keep saying Turks, and I'm thinking Turks and Caicos. No. The <laughs> Turkish. How about it's that? totally not that. How about the Turkish? Um, I don't know what people from Cyprus are called, sadly. But this happened in... we got to watch that hole, my lip. The uh, uh, independence in 1960 to the Turkish invasion of Cyprus in 1974. You were alive when this happened. You were just four years old. I was four. So, yeah. They were kicked out of their house in the 1970s. And it has been off limits since then. And Yeah, there's some kind of shady shit Yeah, there's going some on. shit going on there. And there's a place. It was called, like, Varnasha or something like that. And it's a beach you can go to. Like, it's a public beach that you can actually, you know, go to. But you're not allowed to film at all. Whatsoever. Which, I get it. It kind of makes sense. There are places that do that. I ain't going there because if something fucked up happens to me, there's no evidence of it. Well, no, 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 no. The part, that's the part of Cyprus you are allowed to go to. But the beach itself is connected to Famagusta, the part of Cyprus you are not allowed to go to. And you know how at lakes and whatnot they'll have like that little... Nah, fam. I think I'm going to take a hard pass on that. You know how in lakes... I'm not going to be one of those ones that... <laughs> she went to this beautiful beach never to be seen again. <laughs> no, I'm good. He was a good I boy. I so good. <laughs> it's like the uh, serial killer documentaries. He was a good boy until he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I like, you could go onto the beach, but you couldn't film because, like I said, the beach is right next to Famagusta, which is off limits. All, yeah. like, all 100% of it. Which makes me think either something's going to be in the air or on the ground that you're not supposed exactly. to see. But the beach that he went on, like, yeah, it was like a normal, like, touristy kind of public beach. And he managed to sneak a camera in using spy glasses, basically. Right. And he also had, like, a normal camera. I actually had that thought in my head, too. Well, he had, like, a normal camera, but then it got confiscated and, um... Actually, no. The the spy glasses were something different. Uh, Get your shit together, boy. I watch so much stuff. <laughs> I think the spy glasses were from the Pakistan episode. Because they also make necklaces with itty bitty teeny yeah. tiny cameras. So they. Actually, I mean, that was from Bad Boys. <laughs> yeah. So when he went to Cyprus, he had a normal camera, and he was just trying to do like he was. He was trying to pass it off as like, oh, it's a tourist vlog, that kind right. of thing. So he's like filming himself doing stereotypical touristy stuff like, at the location. Of the beach. He's like, here's oh. the beach. Here's the beach, guys. Look at this place. Look at the ocean. And then he goes out to the, the ocean. It's the, yeah, it's the sea, ocean, something like that. And he goes out to the water 
And you know how at lakes they have like the little buoy line that you're not uh-huh. allowed to cross? They had that was literally the only thing in the water stopping people from swimming over into Famagusta waters. Damn, they probably had like spikes and shit on that. No, it was just a normal plastic ass buoy line. I wonder how close people were in fucking boats with goddamn machine guns waiting for you to cross that. I line. know, right? Just above, just past just the out of my line. Yeah. yeah. So he goes they can out. They fucking pick you off at fifty meters. Yeah. So he goes out into the water. He goes out far enough to where he thinks that they won't see him on the beach, and he's like, "Excuse me." He's like inching his way closer and closer to the barrier, and then you hear a whistle. And they have him come back to shore. Is there like a lifeguard? It was like a lifeguard or something, okay. or just a guard of some kind. Oh my and god, excuse me. So he has the camera in his hand, he's like holding it up, but he's making it seem like he turned it off. So you could see the conversation between him and the guy. And he was he basically smooth talked his way out of it. Like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know I'm a tourist. I you know, this is my first time here, all that stuff. And they're like, that's fine. But we're going to have to take your camera and wipe the footage and throw the camera away. And he's like, you know what? In case it has some sort of internal memory that we can't find. Well, so they go into his camera. They delete everything on the camera, including, I'm assuming, everything, including like the if there was an SD card in it. Luckily... Because otherwise... Did he back it to the cloud? No. Uh, luckily, they were able to recover the footage. So they might have had it in the cloud. I don't know. But he's like, we were able to recover the f- some extra footage. I'm like... Yeah, he had to have... He had to have stored it to the cloud. And I'm sitting here like, I would assume so or else we wouldn't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and, um... These motherfuckers don't realize that cloud, man. Yeah. And, um... Around the time... To- uh, I think it was like... In... in- in runtime order, it was like right before he goes to the beach. He's talking, or like it was like when he got to Cyprus. He's talking to this guy who has the only lookout spot that you could climb up to and see across the like the field that is barred off. I would totally have a fucking telescope. Oh yeah, but I'm sure that's one of the things they pick you off for. Yeah, that's when you'd get shot with a fucking sniper through the goddamn yeah. telescope. Yeah, it's just like shoot. <laughs> and um the guy was just like uh david was like so like what exactly is this area he's like well here is the safe part of cyprus just past that barrier it's is the not so safe and he's part. talking like the further you go the more dangerous it gets and he's like what if i just ran into famagusta and he's like you could try you'll probably get shot and he's like you know that's fair and then that's what leads us into the beach part where he's like, I'm going to sneak in the Famagusta. <laughs> I can't believe they, like, really shoot people. And he, exactly. And it's like a government thing. It's not like some private sector, like some private security sector or something. So like, you are not allowed here on this person's, you know, authority. This is the whole last Cyprian government going, nah. <laughs> We might have to put that on the list of more things to investigate. Yeah, that'll definitely be something I had to dig into, though. Because now I want to fucking know. <laughs> this nosy bitch wants to know. Oh, Why they... can't I go there? Why? What's there? Mm-hmm. But um, I'm sure they discuss a little bit more about it. It's just I watched so much stuff. Everything gets blended together. Clearly, because I forgot about where the spyglasses were used. 
sunglasses might have been used here. I don't fucking remember. But, um, yeah, the Cypress part was the most interesting thing in that episode to me. Because it's just like, this mad lad really was going to risk his life to go into a forbidden city. <laughs> All for journalism. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. It's crazy, though. It was awesome. But, yeah, it was, uh, the Europe episode was a really good one. And ha 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 to all of you thinking I was going to do the Japanese episode, go fuck yourselves, bye. <laughs> you ain't right. You are my son. Ah, oh, that's all I got. That's all I got on that. Wow. Well, I want to know more about this place. Yeah, I mean, that's something you can definitely, uh dig into more if you watch the episode you'll probably learn i'm gonna rewatch them all obviously but that is that does remind me of some area 51 shit mm-hmm. because i mean you say area 51 we automatically think aliens but <laughs> honestly if you think about it and we still have not done any ufo stuff i've been wanting to but it's just but so hard to like area 51 can't be the only place. Oh, for sure. On this in Earth. fact, there is in the uh the episode about the the stands like Pakistan, Afghanistan, Kyrgyzstan, all that stuff, they actually talk about a place called Baikonur, which is where the Russian space program is. Well, yeah. I could see that. But um yeah, 100% there's definitely other alien stuff. There's no way the American government is, like... The only one. And not even just that, like, it's... Especially when we're supposed to be so far behind China and Russia and, yeah. and Korea and... Oh, look, a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look. It's a Chinese spy balloon. No, it's a weather balloon. Um, that has... That, that has the Chinese flag on it, though. It's a Chinese weather balloon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, guys, well... Thank you for listening to Horror Cultural, where we grow love for all things spoopy and macabre. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys later. Have a great night. We love you. Bye. Peace. If you have a suggestion or would like to reach out to us, or you just want to uh, hear more Horror Cultural, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or send us an email at horrorcultural at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Horror Cultural, Instagram at Horror Cultural, and Twitter at Horror Cultural. Should be obvious at this point. But yes, please follow us everywhere you can, and don't forget to check out our website when it inevitably is finished. <laughs>